Mr. Graham Winship, FBA Lifestyle Podcast, living that FBA lifestyle. So, uh, Graham, sitting in Canada, but mostly uh, half the year living uh, living in nomadic. Met him in Bangkok. We did a previous video on my channel in like 2018 or something like that. When we were first. Early 20, 2017, I think. 2017 in Bangkok. He hit me up. He's like, Riley, I'm coming out. I'm just getting into FBA. So if you look that up on my channel, you can find that. We did a quick little phone interview in person in Bangkok. You were just getting into FBA. That's about just about three years ago. Exactly. And I didn't even know this. I just called Graham up, say, hey, you want to do an update video? And he told me that he just basically sold his FBA business for $420,000 in three years. Not to mention, he has multi six figures stacked in the bank cash from all the cash flow that's coming out. So he, he was... Um, he was just about to sell his his business. It was like about to go through. This is right before Corona for 400 plus thousand. And then the, the buyers backed out the last minute because I got scared because of Corona. But either way, you, you basically sold it. And, you know, post Corona, you can sell it again and you might do that. And we're going to talk about that. Um, but your your net profit is like, what's your what's your uh, uh, gross net profit a month? Like around like that? The, the Average is about 16,000 US a month right now. But Probably it will go up once I get uh, a lot of these products back in stock from Corona. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, fuck yeah. And um, do, you, uh, do you care to share how much uh, cash you were able to stack up over the last three years? <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, obviously I have quite a bit in inventory costs because I, I actually have a ton of different SKUs. Um, but it's a bit over a quarter mil US, so a bit over 250K. Bit over quarter milli. He was like, I was just telling him, I was like, yeah, we're just debating over, you know, having a, a partnership with like a business partner or doing it yourself. And he's like, yeah, man, I love doing it myself. And I was like, yeah, you know, um, you know, when you do it yourself, it's, it's double the money, you know, compared Pretty to much. having a business partner. And it's like, I was, I was telling him that my younger brother hit a, a big milestone with a hundred K stacked from his business that he started in 2017 selling on Amazon. And, um, because you know, it's just him, it's just him. He keeps all the money. And, uh, Graham was like, you know what milestone I just hit? He's like quarter milli. So, uh, that's something that's uh, taken mind guys. So, wow. Huge success story. Oh my God. So, uh, yeah. Where do we even start? So that's 16, uh, gross profit. How many products is that, uh, total? How many listings? Um, listings, a lot of them have variations, but if you want to just go listings, yeah. uh, it's kind of complicated because some I share across us and Canada. Some are just Canada. I started out in Canada selling. Um, so I would say I have 12 to 14 listings. A lot of those have several variations that can kind of cater to different audiences. Uh, I love to do variations. I find that it just makes my product targetable to a, way you know higher percentage of people that are clicking on your listing so a lot of variations but about 12 to 14 listings right now 12 to 14 listings interesting and you said you were uh what category are they in 
I have a few different niches. Um, I didn't do the whole targeted niche like a lot of sellers do. So I have probably three main niches. Sports and outdoors would be one. And then the other two would be more like hobbies or, um, I don't know, event. Oh, shit. You cut out. You said uh, you cut out after event. Oh, I just said event type products. Oh, cool. Yeah. Raves? Rave, yeah, exactly. Rave, rave yeah. lights? <laughs> yeah. Is uh, it in the rave niche? It is not. Uh, we'll keep it secret oh, okay. though. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like myself, I, you know, like most people, especially when you're an influencer, like your job is to help people find products. It's like, it's not the, not the best. Not everyone wants to share their product and, and me too, mostly over the years. Um, yeah. and, and you had, you had said that like another, uh, someone that you, another seller already tried to copy your shit. So yeah. Anyway. You get people kind of playing in your niche or that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, it definitely happens. And, and I know guys that have had people find out their products and try to rip them off. Usually those are not the type of people that succeed anyways, but you know, I just like to be safe and my products are pretty easy to copy. So I just don't like them out there. Yeah. Especially some of these niches are so small. It's like, yeah, there's, there's no upside to sharing your niche and it's all yeah. downside. Exactly. Uh, even though Maybe if I sold be, the business, I would, but yeah, you know, even, even though, yeah, even though it might be pretty rare that someone will like actually go and copy you, it's like the risk reward is like, yeah. Um, okay, cool. Holy shit. Um, so you started in, in Canada are, are, is most, most of your profit is, is in the U S right? Like how, what is, what's the profit uh, comparison? So I ha I started in Canada because there was back in 2017, there was like, I felt there was more opportunity in Canada just because, you know, you find a random product. I don't know what you want to do. Give me a, like, say I'm looking at a whiteboard here. There'd be a hundred sellers in America selling a whiteboard and there'd be four in Canada. So I'm just like, okay, yeah, there's way less sales happening in Canada, but I'm only competing with four dudes. So not that I was selling whiteboards, but you know, you just, you're just competing with so much less people that you're on page one instantly. And I would just launch product after product. Like, yeah, I make three sales a day, but there's not many competitors. So we all have a high price. And that's the reason I started selling so many of my products in Canada. So I think, uh, I probably have twice as many listings in Canada, but yet my profit in America is about twice as high. So I think it's about a 10 to 12 K profit in us and then like five to seven or eight K profit, uh, in Canada. And that's just because, you know, that's like the normal months. If it's December, obviously it's going to be way higher, but you know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, regular month in that average. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, we just we just got the ball rolling in in Canada. Uh, that's going. Um, cool. So, shit. I mean, um, like, um, you. Let's go with um, yeah. For someone who's uh, wants to get into you know an, an Amazon business, invest in Amazon, and wants to start this thing, what are your what are your kind of tips, tricks, and, um, you know, hacks and uh, advice that you've learned over the years that you would share with someone uh, that's uh, getting into it? I mean, for me, I've always been a fan of lots and lots of small wins. So I know most sellers these days have like five good products that each make thousands of dollars, but I have no problem starting a product that's not competitive and makes you 500 bucks a month. You know, if you, if you have, if you launch one product that makes you 300, like maybe you're aiming for $500 profit a month and it only makes you 250, 
you're still not going to be disappointed. Like you still have a product that's profiting you money every month. Um, and it's just, you know, if, if you're in these niches where you're not going to make as much money, you're still going to uh, come across a lot less competition in those easy niches. They're, like there is markets and niches right now you can find on Amazon that the quality of your competitors is so bad that you're going to beat them just by putting up like six decent photos of your product and pricing it accordingly. Like I don't really go for these $5,000, $10,000 a month products because it's not that hard to launch a product. Like, yeah, it probably takes like 40 hours of work to launch a product, but if you just keep doing that over and over, you can do that with products that are making you 500 to a thousand dollars profit a month. And I find that's my strategy. So I, rather than going for like just a few big money makers, I've kind of gone the other way and I do a lot of small products that all contribute to a pretty good profit. Nice. Nice. Um, and what's been your general um, method to uh, find product ideas? Definitely at the start, it was all software based. So jungle scout was the main one that I used um, and it works. It's great. Like jungle scout obviously was like the first kind of big software back then. And it found me basically all my niches. And then over time I would just kind of branch off. So basically the way my business went is I just started like a general brand, just launching whatever would make money. I didn't really care what niche it was in. And then I had like a core of maybe like five good products. And then from then for like the last two years, I'm just been like, obviously once you're in a niche, you kind of understand the niche better. Are you guys, what do you guys say in America? You guys don't say niche, you say niche. Anyways. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I've always found Americans say niche, but I don't know. Up here we say niche. And after I had those kind of five core products, I just branched out. So I would release different colors, different sizes of whatever those products were. Um, so they, they just kind of branched out from the five core products that I found and from those niches, I just kind of expanded. Nice. So branching out in those niches, it's like, would it be, would it be generally something that your first customer would also want to buy? Like basically pretty much. Um, or just like, you know, you're in a niche, you just see opportunities, you know, obviously even when you look on a listing page, you'll be like, Oh, this was frequently bought together with this that's usually a pretty good indication. Like you could probably sell that, you know, like, yeah, that's pretty yep. much how it goes. And and it's nice. You know, sometimes you just make a sale or you'll look through your orders and you're like, Oh, someone bought two of my products at the same time or three. And it's like, that was a direct result of me having products in the same niche. And I just made twice the profit because of it. So obviously if you can kind of build around that, obviously it makes things better and more profitable. Nice. Nice. Um, What's your been, what's been your kind of, uh, you said 40 hours of work, uh, to launch a product. What is, um, what would, what would that whole seems pretty quick. It does. What would that, um, uh, what do you mean by that? What would that all entail? Um, I don't know if I'm like, usually when I'm saying 40 hours, I'm, I'm thinking once you've kind of chose your product. Yeah. Once you've chosen um, it. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously the product research is the big part, but, yeah. but once you've found that product, um, I contact like a lot of suppliers because I just find like, might as well contact 20 because some are going to have better prices than others. And a lot of them sometimes will have too high of prices. I feel like only two, 
two out of 10 suppliers that I contact even give me a half decent response. So I like to contact quite a bit of them. Um, and dealing with Chinese like suppliers is a hassle, especially if you're in basically, unless you're in Asia, like if you're in America or Europe, that kind of time zone, it takes so long to go back and forth with these suppliers. Cause like you go to bed, you send them a couple messages, they reply, it can take days. So I love it when I'm in Asia to talk with suppliers. Um, but that goes on for a while. Like that's probably a solid like 10, 15 hours of like actually weeding out like, okay, I have like two or three good suppliers here from the 20 that I contacted and they can do these customizations. So that's a big part of it. Probably 10, 15 hours. You also got to spend time like working with that supplier. Once you found them, like, can you change this or like, how can we make our product box dimensions the best size so that we pay the least in fees at Amazon? Like there's all sorts of little things that you, you want to be, I don't know, you, you got to pay attention to them and that takes time. So I'd say maybe 10 hours on like product customization and, and asking if they can change little things or how they're going to put the barcode on getting your, I would say another three hours, five hours going back and forth with a designer on a, on a box design. I, I love to do nice boxes because customers just, they just assume quality comes from a nice box. So that's another five hours. And then, you know, probably the last 10 hours would just be like shipping logistics and then launching and getting, you know, reviews and, and stuff once your products there. Um, obviously my first product took me probably honestly 400 hours. Like I'm not even exaggerating. My, I was just learning as I went. So of course, the first product, yeah, I didn't even have a course to go through. So um, it took a lot longer. But now that I have the, the process nailed down, I'd say probably 40 hours, probably a good guess. Nice, nice. Um, had you, for most of your products or any, did you um, make any like physical, functional, like alterations or customizations to like make your product unique or? I have, I'd say haven't spent a bunch on like, I know some people will get like custom molds that cost 10 grand or 20 grand or whatever. I haven't done like that big of alterations, but I think a good thing I've found is like, what little bonus can I add with this product that is going to set me apart? Or that's been a big thing for me is like, I deal with these pretty, like I was telling you pretty easy niches where the competitors aren't doing much. So if you have your, product and I have mine and I add a little bonus on the side and we're the same price, like right then and there, I've already earned like a customer's value, like over you, because I just add like some little 50 cent thing that is useful. Like you can't just add some random sticker or something, you know, it has to be something useful, but um, bundling and including extra things that customers love. That's, that's where I've found Yep, it would yep. be nice to like completely redesign a product, but that, that does take more time and money. And that's probably what I'll get into in the future, but that hasn't been what's worked for me so far. Yeah. I always say the same thing. Like in the future, I always see myself, uh, uh, fully inventing something, filing the patents, um, yeah. and then classic four hour work week, like, uh, licensing it out for just pure recurring revenue, license out your patents and, uh, you know, fully develop an invention, which I actually have, I still have, I have a, I had a new one, uh, just during Corona, I had a new one. And I'm actually, actually actively seeking 
a, a patent expert uh, on that. And uh, I have an upcoming interview with a Kickstarter guy. So we might okay. actually do it through Kickstarter. Cool. Um, whole, new, whole new different way. And that way I can pre-sell and pre-test the concept before actually getting it full on made in scale. I like so, that. Um, yeah, I haven't gone the, I uh, haven't paid for a, a custom mold yet. Um, but what we have done um, with most of our products is uh, some sort of customization that doesn't require a new mold, like combining different pieces from another exactly. supplier. Hey, switch, swap this out with that or connect these things exactly. or uh, make this a different size. Doesn't require a mold. You just yep. fucking make it a different size or whatever, work around yeah. the mold thing and make it still as unique as possible. That's what I found uh, uh, totally. uh, makes us unique or yeah, insert this or blah, blah, blah. You guys know what I mean. Um, cool. And then for, uh, yeah, good packaging for sure. Um, always a good thing. Um, Sometimes packaging is even like, I'm talking in these niches. They're, I have such bad competitors that me having a nicer box is going to make me sell more than them. So don't even know. Don't underlook that either. Like even, even when a customer gets your product, they open a nice package. I feel like even that is more likely to make them go leave a good review. Yeah. 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 The unboxing experience. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Is very, yeah. That's what they say. That's what they say about unboxing experience. Um, see what I was going to say. Yes. And then a uh, uh, photography, what's been your kind of uh, go-to playbook there? Um, so it used to be sending them to a professional photographer. I think he's in Las Vegas. He's actually really good. He's pretty cheap. I found him on Fiverr. I had him recommended to me by a friend. And then I started talking to some other sellers and they were getting all of their product photos digitally created by like these really good guys that, that essentially, you know, make a product look better than it ever could in photos essentially. So Lately, I've just been doing that. I have a guy, he's in Brazil, actually, and he does really good product photos and they're completely digitally created. Like I'll send him a picture of my of my product or, you know, some angles and stuff like that. You know, he works on them, cost me, he's cheap, man. He's like less than 200 bucks and he can do anything with it, right? Like he can put it on this background, that background. He's unreal and it, and it looks better sometimes. Not always, but it looks better than just if you know you paid a photographer to do it because just like lighting reasons right like sometimes a digitally enhanced photo can look better because of the way they can like light the product or things that you can't do when you're yeah. paying for traditional photography yeah 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 um okay cool wow i never uh never actually really thought of that i've paid for a couple fiverr guys for some 3d renders yeah. um but um never never came out super good so never ended up using them but that's very interesting okay if you guys are interested uh, listeners uh, feel free to reach out um to grammarai uh, about that connection um and um boom bada bing boom oh yeah and then also the hybrid of that which a lot of people do is they take a bunch of real photos just white background a bunch of different angles and then they have a photoshop person photoshop into real life yeah that's very good um, too into different stock photos of different situations. Um, it can look really shitty sometimes when it's just like, okay, that's the worst fucking Photoshop ever. It's like, <laughs> he's not even holding it like right. 
So no. that's what that's what most Chinese listings do. That's a dead giveaway exactly. for a Chinese listing. They exactly. always do that. They take photos, white background, and Photoshop that into some stock photo. And like the product is like way oversized in their hand or whatever. Yes. Or they're, they have their fist like holding the product and it's coming out at like an angle through their fist. Like you're just awful. And that's saying, you know, they probably paid like someone $5 to make that photo and it doesn't yeah. look good. Yeah. 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 Chinese listings. And um, yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about guys, um, I don't know the stats, but a good chunk of Amazon listings nowadays are, china direct sellers um for better or for worse it's just the way it is but um you know you can look at it in a positive light or a negative light and uh yeah the photoshop thing that's always one dead giveaway and the random random brand name generator that's always a that's the first giveaway when you see some some random brand name like poofy or like uh like shook shook by or like some random They do Sun random Jane. name generator. That's my hypothesis. That's I'm pretty damn sure that's what they do. Yeah. They also like to associate their names with like sky or river or something about nature. They love those names. Like for me, like blue sky or like round hill or I don't know why they love yeah. these like nature names. No, it's because if they use a random name generator. Yeah, I could see it. I, I, if I had to bet a thousand bucks, I would say that's how they do it. Really? You know, they're, that's just how they do it. That's, that's, that's um, funny. That's, that's, I'm pretty damn sure that that be the only way they're doing that. Um, so yeah. So, you know, um, that's why you got to make your products unique and, you know, have this good branding and, you know, this good, good brand name. That's like not a random name, name generator, you know, actual mm-hmm. like cool, like it would made by an American person, you know, by like a Western person, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Um, so you can look at it in positive way or negative way, you know, I don't um, think Chinese sellers are giving customers as good of an experience as a Western seller could. Yeah. They might be able to have better prices, but I, there's no way that you can contact a Chinese supplier and be like, Hey, this broke, like, can you fix it? Or they'll, they'll just tell you to get lost. I feel like half the time. And I feel get like lost. <laughs> <laughs> like get lost. <laughs> You're buying that. Reply to review, get lost. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care. They still have 2,000 reviews, you know? True, because they, they pay for them all. Um, yeah, that's the Chinese method. You, obviously, they make it themselves so they can just undercut everyone on price. Yeah. Do yeah. these shitty Photoshop pictures and they don't care, you know? It's a certain subset of shoppers are just going to go for the cheapest. Yeah. Um, but on the other swing, certain subset of shoppers are going to go with the most expensive. So that's the, that's the better way. Um, so, so yeah. Have you, have you done that with any of your products? Like been the most expensive, like premium option? Yeah, definitely a few. Uh, and actually more over time, like at the start, I was more get the cheapest price and try to sell it at the cheapest price, which worked for a bit. But, uh, lately I've just been adding so much value, like with my bonuses or just like with my attention to detail that, I just naturally find myself selling a lot, even when I am the highest price or like one of the higher prices. Um, what happens in a lot of my niches is they're so non-competitive that I just launch them at a, and 
there's so little competitors driving the price down that we're all like making $15 profit. And then, you know, a year later we're all making 10 because we all dropped our prices. Mm -hmm. Um, but usually it turns out like I'm still the top seller, even though I'm a higher price, just because I have better attention to detail than a lot of the other sellers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird. I think uh, sometimes you, you sell more just by being the most expensive. Um, oh, for sure. For, for sure. the reason that I said, like some people, they just want to get the most expensive one. They assume that's the best one. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, like race to the top. You, you'd rather be Sometimes you can be significantly higher priced than other people and they're like, oh, well, it must be better. Like it's more expensive. It must be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, those juicy margins are, are everything. Uh, you, you were telling me before the call that, um, you know, some of your products you're, you know, sourcing for $1 uh, into Amazon and then selling it and then getting a $7 profit on that. Yeah, there's, I definitely have some like 700% returns on some products. Like not, I think over time that's harder and harder to do just because of a little bit of price wars, but I do have a product that I pay 95 cents for. And I think I ship it by air for about 22 cents. And that currently profits me anywhere between uh, the price fluctuates a lot, but anywhere from six, no, five fifty to twelve dollars, depending on kind of the demand or the season. Whoa! And you list that for what fourteen ninety nine or? Uh depends. So uh, I'm not going to give away all my secrets here, but certain categories 14. are. 8% referral fee under $10. So I have some products rather than paying the 15% referral fee, I'll get them at 8% referral fee under 10 bucks. So I'll sell them at nine 99 and still make a pretty nice profit. Oh um, yeah. So like baby category is 8% referral fee under 10 bucks. Um, a couple other categories are like that. Can't remember them off the top of my head. Um, is that like 8% like instead of like the usual, like 30%. Well, it's normally 15 on most goods. So like if you're in sports, you, you know, you're selling a product for a hundred bucks, you're paying Amazon 15 and then you're paying them on top of that. You're paying them the, you know, the weight and size to your fees. Um, but I think beauty baby and one other category are 8% under, under $15. And then I know that the technical and scientific category is 12% on any price. So there's different, yeah, you can look at the, the referral fee chart. Yeah. The um, link that you just sent me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you just basically go to sell.amazon.com slash pricing. Um, and it has all the things there and yeah, thanks for bringing this up. Cause I, I need to look at this updated, um, referral fees and, and the other, uh, hack you had was, um, keeping the smallest size under 0.75 inches. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of products where I'll notice that someone is selling it in a, in a size tier that if they just altered the dimensions of the packaging, they could get into a size tier below that and really change it. Their pricing. Like I, I did get into a kind of oversized market that mm -hmm. I was able to fit it into the standard size just by like playing with it a little bit and making it a tiny bit smaller, but that ended up saving me over $2 a sale in Amazon fees. And then there's also a very little known, um, I think it's called small standard size. If you have a, one of the sides less than 0.75 inches, you pay 
um, less fees on that as well. So that's, yeah. that's something if you can get into. into FBA small and light, which is the smallest size tier. That actually is a bit different. That's like small and light is cheaper, but there's no prime two day shipping on that. So I'm talking about the small standard size. Oh, tier. small. If you can get into small standards. So less than yeah. 15 by 12 by 0.75. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the max dimension. Got it. And then the yeah. weight is okay. If it's under, if it's 10 ounces or that less then it's 250. If it's 10 to 16, then it's 263. That's the yeah. fulfillment fee. But then yes. there's also the, the, um, the referral fee. fee. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's if you're on Amazon, whether or not you're FBA. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, um, let's, I could probably link you to that too, but there's definitely like uh, different categories. That it's are right there. It's on fees. the same page. Yeah. Category. Oh, referral fee. Yeah. So yeah. Referral fee. Okay. So this is category referral fee. So the referral fee is a percentage. Got yeah. it. And so yeah. for example, um, baby beauty, for example, 8%. 10 bucks or less, 15% over 10. Yeah. Oh, so you're actually okay. making more money if you're selling a beauty product for $9.99 than if you're selling it for $10.50. Yeah. 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 Nice. Big books is 15% plus buck 80. Cell phone devices, 8%. Clothing, yeah. 17%. So basically, the biggest ones that people would ever really use that for would be cell phone devices, camera and photos um, are 8% straight up no matter the price. And then you got um, electronic accessories. Oh no, sorry. No, that's not the one. Um, health and personal care. That's a big one. 8% for less than 10 bucks. A lot of health and personal care sellers out there. And if you're pricing at less than 10 bucks, you're only paying 8%. Um, another one is industrial and scientific 12%. That's nice to know. Um, what's the other big one? Like I said, baby and the other one I said earlier, which I can't remember right now, but there's like three or four main, main ones where you're like, okay, 8% under 10 bucks. Maybe I'll, you know, I'll use that to my advantage if you have a cheap product. Interesting. So yeah, this reminds me to say like when you're, when you're choosing your category guys, like look into this. Um, because some, some products can go in, in different categories. Mm -hmm. And, um, basically when you, when you create your listing, you just go in there and you select the category. So yeah, I, it reminds me to, to go in there and pick the category that, uh, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So just for an example, like that, that cheap product that I was just talking about earlier, um, people say you can't make money on an, you know, on a cheap product. paying 411 in uh fees to amazon on every sale so that you know that leaves me with like what 588 profit um take away the one dollar and 20 uh cost from supplier i'm still making like i can't remember my math there but 460 ish and that's on a 999 product so there's profit to be made even on low price products if you're in the right categories and size tiers yeah. yeah over 40 percent profit margin is uh is great um, for us, it's average like 30% profit margin overall. Uh, yep. I think, I think on jungle scouts survey, it said like the average Amazon seller profit margin was like around the 20 to 25% range. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. so, but I always say, you know, definitely try to be 30 above shoot for, 
you know, shoot for 40 or 50 for sure. Yeah. I'm in, when I estimate, if I just want a quick estimate of what I profit in the day, I usually go 35 because I think it's in that 35 to 40% range. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, cool. And then, um, yeah, for your launch, uh, I guess what's your uh, kind of go-to launch, um, Ben? <laughs> I've tried a bunch of different things. Like I have tried viral launch back when that was popular. It worked pretty well. Uh, it's kind of expensive. I've done Facebook coupon giveaways through Manny chat through Facebook ads. Um, so distributing coupons, and that's worked pretty well, actually. It was actually better for getting reviews, even though that's not what I was using it for. Uh, but that was nice. It worked pretty well, although Amazon's kind of cracked down on that recently. I've heard of people getting suspended for it. Actually, my good buddy got suspended for it recently, so kind of shied away from that lately. Wait, uh, um, he was doing what again? He was doing discounted Facebook ads. Um, so obviously, you know, you create the coupons in Seller Central and then you have ads on Facebook um, offering, you know, 50, 80, 90% off. Uh, he got suspended for three days for what they called bestseller rank manipulating. So basically, I guess he just sold too much too fast at a high discount. I don't know. There wasn't really a bunch of people got suspended around the same time. Um, but People don't really know why. Maybe it was too high of a discount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that's in the terms of service. Um, you're not supposed to do anything to, yeah, to, to manipulate the bestseller rank. And um, when you say, which means, yeah, which means a giveaway, but do a bunch of giveaways. You're not supposed to yeah. do these giveaways with this high coupons. And when you said viral launch, I'm assuming that meant the same thing. That's what viral launch does. They just have a yeah. big email list basically. And they blast out yeah. your big coupon to a big email list. Yeah. But my question is right. Like say you're some brand like Sony, you have, you're selling on Amazon and you have a million followers on your social media networks and you offer your product. Even if you don't even offer a discount, you might get a bunch of sales and it would spike your BSR. Like is that BSR? Like where's the line drawn? Right? So that's not very clear and it's tough for sellers to really know, okay, where does this fall? Is this BSR manipulating because I sold more because I promoted my product? Like where it's, it's a, not a very clear line. So that's a, that's a bit of a frustrating one. Um, as long as you're getting organic sales along the same time, it's probably good. And then another thing that I've seen people do is just like have past customers that have signed up for like future giveaways, that type of thing. Um, or, or just Facebook groups. It's not allowed, but I've seen people do that too. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but your friend was only suspended for three days. Yeah. He hired like some Amazon guy to get him reinstated pretty quickly. Okay. 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 So he was totally suspended and then, but he got back in three days through appealing it basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Um, but uh, yeah, long story short, what I've noticed is pretty much people don't use coupons anymore nope. um, for, for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, if you have a high coupon, um, high Amazon coupon, that customer uh, can't leave a review. Yeah. Um, I, I think if it's above a certain amount, they can't leave a review at all. It says they're not eligible to. 
Oh, okay. If they try to. And then number two, even if it's a small coupon amount, like below 50%, I think that it will say uh, unverified review or, or it yeah. won't say verified review. I think it's like 50% above that. It's unverified, but I'm not exactly sure on the percent. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So basically what everyone does now is they do uh, a rebates. They do, yeah. they do giveaway, giveaway via rebate. Yeah. So have you done, have you tried that? I haven't, but I also haven't launched a product in like five months. So I keep telling myself I want to do it because that is like, it's basically untraceable and that is the way to do it. Like I guarantee you that's killing it right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Basically it's the same. Everyone's doing the same thing, but instead of Amazon coupons, they just give them a rebate after the fact. Yeah. And, um, depending how you look on at it, um, you know, it's when what's within terms of service or not. Um, all, all I know is there's, there's several rebate sites out there, um, yeah. where you, where you buy it and then they either send you a check in the mail or send you a rebate via gift card or something. So yeah. there's legitimate companies doing these, running these rebate sites. Um, so, but I, I think the big picture is, um, Amazon does not want you to incentivize reviews. So you can't say like, Hey, you're going to get a rebate if you leave a review. Yeah. That's a big, big no, no. So, but all these websites have to do is clearly state reviews are not required. That's all they have to state. Like this is not for a review. Um, so, so that's, yeah. so those sites, they all, they all say clearly, this is not a review site. Like when you sign up for as a seller, this is not a review site. But what it yeah. can do is it spikes your BSR because you do this post this promotion yeah, and uh, you get a bunch of orders for full price. Some You're of the sites, rank. yeah, some of the sites do search find buy yeah. uh, where you has the, has the shopper actually search the keyword, find you and you know, buy. So total organic process. Yeah. Um, and then they handle offering the customer a rebate on the back end. Um, yeah. So as long That's as they, what they taught me, back in Thailand, like when I went to Chiang Mai in 2017, that's what they were teaching everyone was like, find people in these Facebook groups, tell them you'll give them, send them money by PayPal if they buy your product and you get the search find buy. And that was working so well, like 10 buys from people and you're like page one sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what these, these, some of these websites have basically packaged that, that in. Um, we've also been working with, um, with someone who has uh, access to a big email list and they basically just do the same thing. You know, it's just cool. not a viral launch. It's, it's not a, uh, not a company. They're kind of just like an agency. Um, and they have access to an email list and they just do the same thing and promote the giveaway. And it's, Hey, we're, we're, we're doing a giveaway and, um, you know, it's a, it's a free after rebate offer, you know, it's free, free after rebate has always been around. You know, you see those, uh, those are those, commercial tv commercials even like mailers it's like free yeah. get a free da, 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 da. and then at the bottom it says after a rebate like yeah. so you 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 have to buy it and then you get the coupon in the mail then you have to like fill out the thing the card in the mail remember like when you were a kid it used to be all these like rebate things and you have to yep. send that back in the mail and then you probably get your rebate like yeah a month or two later that's weird because this webcam i'm using i i i bought it for like a hundred something bucks and I was supposed to get a $20 rebate and I forgot to send the thing back in, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere. 
Yeah. Yeah. Rebates. Um, or like you, you buy one and get a second one free, but it's like small text, but rebate only like after mm-hmm. rebate. So you got to like send it. anyway. So yeah, <laughs> rebates have, have always been around and you know, in all, in all different industries and, uh, you know, online shopping is, is, is no different. Um, but, uh, yeah, what you just got to be careful of is, um, you can't, you can't incentivize review, be like, you're only going to get the rebate if you leave a review. So obviously all these sites, they make it clear reviews are not required. Yes. They're encouraged. It's some different sites, you know, they'll send a follow-up email and some, you can do a follow-up text. Um, they all have their different, they all have their different things. Have you done rebates? Uh, yeah, yeah, we have. And we worked with this uh, agency that basically does it. They have access to a big email list. Oh, cool. um, and they kind of, they handle the whole follow-up process themselves. Awesome. So it's, it's totally hands-off for us. Um, they charge like a management fee, which is decent price um, yep. per, per giveaway. And then they handle the follow-up with the, with the, um, the, the taker. Um, and um and yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good. Um, it's been pretty good. Sounds worth it. Even if it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I haven't found any other, um, uh, better way, you know, if, if, you know, if you guys are listening and you know, you know, any better type of a promotional way to, uh, to not only, you know, um, to, to promote your Amazon listing. That's basically it. It's what we're trying to, we're trying to promote our, our new, our new launch. And by doing that, obviously you're going to spike a flood of sales, um, which boosts the ranking. Um, and then hopefully a lot of those people will be uh, kind enough to also leave a review and um, you know, different sites and, and agencies have their different ways of asking for a review. Um, you know, some are more, you know, um, some have more, uh, robust follow-up sequence than, than others. Um, but, uh, yeah, feel free to, to reach out and I can give you, give you guys some recommendations if you want, um, different options for that. And then, um, okay, cool. So, and then <clears throat> you mentioned many chats. Do you still, do you still do many chat stuff? I do. Um, I do. Ins- inserts or where's that taking place? Yeah. Inserts with barcode scanners. Um, we do that for just like customers have issues. They can talk to us directly through that. Um, we'll do it for, you know, kind of getting a list too. Like I do have a decent little list I've built up through many chat sequences. Once again, through like the QR code scanners on inserts. Um, and then, like I said, I've used the many chat when I did like Facebook ad giveaways for my launches. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Also, if we ever um, offer like a free PDF, um, we usually give that to them through ManyChat too, just so we kind of have the the customer. Although they just changed their terms, so it's hard to do that now. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm gonna make a video on that soon. Every I've been a ManyChat guy for the past few years. Um, I like going in there. It's kind of fun to play around and like it's like being a kid, you know, building like a virtual like yeah, you know, building like a virtual like racetrack or something. I yeah. was just building these many chat, all these like bells and whistles and stuff. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I waste a little bit, I waste a little bit too much time uh, on many chat sometimes uh, <laughs> playing around in, in the many chat sandbox. But, um, but yeah, um, we, we do that too. We have an insert with a, a call to action uh, to scan this and get blah, blah, blah. What's your, uh, what's your call to action? What's the best one you found? Honestly, 
I don't do too much of it. I, I usually give like a instructional, like instructional manual or, or something like, uh, I also give like discounts on future products, but, uh, I just kind of got into it and then kind of left it. But the one thing that gets redeemed a lot is the instruction manual for a product that basically needs an instruction manual. There you go. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Gets uh, a lot of redemptions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. Another Amazon expert who had done a lot of testing told me that, uh, the best call to action he's seen is a scan to, uh, register your warranty. Um, yeah, true. I've or extended that. warranty, however you want to word it. Um, so we've been doing that and it's been getting a scan rate around like three to 5%, which, okay. I think, which I think is pretty good. Um, so we just have one QR code now. It's like scan to register your warranty. Um, also, um, receive your free gift and um, your uh, instructional video. Okay. It's like all in one QR code. That's good. Now it opens up a many chat and it delivers uh, all those three things. And then... Um, yeah, send them, send them the video and you can actually, ManyChat has integrated with uh, Shopify uh, coupons now so it can send them a one-time Shopify coupon oh. um, right there in ManyChat. Um, so, so we implement that. So it's a $5 coupon to go buy uh, your next one on our store, on our website. Okay, you guys got a store, cool. Yeah, we're trying to build up, trying to build up our website now on our most popular products. Um, just starting to drive Facebook ads now to it this past month. Um, yeah. And then <clears throat> a whole follow-up sequence as well. Um, basically they changed their terms where you can't send them a follow-up message in many chat after 24 yeah, hours. Exactly. Um, unless they, unless they sign, unless they click the button to receive a one-time notification in messenger. Um, but what you can do, um, basically let's say you had a many chat sequence where they get a message on day seven and then day 14 and day 30, you just change those messages to email messages. And that's the okay. same thing. They just get that message to their email inbox okay. instead of their many chat. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then of course you have to have them give their email, which is, um, pretty easy. You're doing that anyway. Yeah. Um, first message pops up. Hey, Hey, thanks for, Thanks, blah, blah, blah. Um, tap to confirm your email and their email yeah. pops up automatically. They just tap. And then uh, actually what you have to do now is um, you have to put in that message, this confirms opt-in to our email list. And as long as you have that, then you, you set the action to email opt-in. Um, now they're opted in to receive unlimited emails um, through your message provider, like over there on MailChimp or whatever and yeah. unlimited email messages through many chat. Okay, cool. So, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much the uh, big update. Um, and then I also send, um, one message, uh, 23 hours later. It's like, Hey, yeah. little, little 23 hour, uh, just a kind 23 hour, uh, check in, making sure everything's all good with your blank blank. And then there's like three different replies, like all good, yeah. loving it already or get help. Yep. Um, and then if they click loving it already, it says like, Oh, glad you're loving it already. Um, what do you love about it so far? And then, um, 
you know, hopefully they'll type something really positive. And in an ideal world, you have your customer service person reply to that um, personally. Personally. Okay. And then um, if, if things are going well, then you have your customer service person say, um, yeah, reply to that personally and be like, okay, glad you're loving the, glad you're loving your glasses. It's like really helps your eyes now. Glad to hear that. Um, by the way, uh, would you mind sharing those words as an Amazon review? Here's the link. Boom. Cool. Um, that's the ideal situation. I actually have that yeah. automated out now, but I'm going to train my customer service person to come in and do that personally. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's my mini chat fun recently. Um, fuck. All right. So yeah, I guess, um, what's next? Are you, you going to still try to sell your business or start a new store or kind of what, what are you going to do next? Yeah, I got approved for a second Amazon account and I have honestly like too many product ideas. Like I have so many that I could start right now. Um, but there's definitely a few niches I want to go hard on. Um, want to reinvest a lot because there's no, does no good sitting in the bank. Um, but yeah, I, the business is still up for sale. It would be nice to be, I've noticed a lot of my products just over time. I think Amazon, the way they've done reviews have kind of started to limit like I've noticed a lot of my average star ratings have gone from like 4.7 to like 4.6, 4.5, just like really slowly. Um, I don't, I don't know if that's like just bad luck on my part or bad product quality, or if they're really filtering out some of the five stars either way, it, it would be nice to kind of just, you know, sell the brand um, and be able to cash out and like be safe and start a new one. But I definitely still love Amazon. I, I don't know a better, easier, to get into business model than Amazon. Like it's honestly like they were saying this in 2016 and it's still true now. Like is I couldn't recommend a better business model that you can make as much cash in from a starting point as Amazon. So yeah, uh, in, yeah in I still years, think that in yeah. three years you basically made, uh, you basically made 750,000. Like if yeah. you, you know, assuming you're going to sell your business still for around yeah, like net worth mark, technically. Yeah. 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 You've yeah. already, you've already stacked over a quarter mil and your business was already approved for the sale of 400 K. It was 460. So, yeah. 460. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. 600 K in three years is not too bad. Not at all. And you know, I still like, think it's a good opportunity and I would still do it again. And that's what I want to do, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, totally free to be wherever you want, totally locationally free and time free. For sure. You can do whatever you want. It's like, if you make 200 K a year in the, in the U S you're like, you like have a great job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have a great job. You're like a, like a doctor or something. Almost. Or like a lawyer. Like they only make like 200 K. Well, obviously it varies, but like 200 K is like, boom, you got like nice car. You're like rich, you know, what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. making just 200K. So, but that's one flavor of 200K. That's like, you still have a job 400K. You're not location or time totally flexible. Yeah. You're still doing that thing. This is a whole another 200K. It's, it's almost 200K a year, let's say, that you, you know, profit. Um, you know, let, that's completely different flavor because yeah. it's, it's totally not tied to anything. Your business is 
in the cloud. All you need is a laptop, internet connection. And that's the motherfucking FBA lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've also got it all set up like tax-free, not tax-free, but very low tax rate because I changed my residency, uh, incorporated overseas. It's all legal. Basically followed some like really complex tax planning. Um, but yeah, I basically gave up my Canadian residency, not my Canadian citizenship, but my Canadian residency, which, you know, I could get back at any time, but basically means I'm living overseas, live in a country that doesn't tax foreign profit and then set up the business in a nice, no tax jurisdiction. And, uh, yeah, it's all legal and it's all reduced my tax bill by like a ton. And, um, I think it's probably not something you want to look at at the start, but if you're making decent money, it's definitely something to look into because it's not fun paying a bunch of money in tax. Yeah. It's not fun getting jacked by the government. (laughs) It's not fun getting jacked by the legal mafia. That is the government. that's going to come in and take 20 to 30% of your shit. Yeah. You know, even though uh, they, even though the, they can fucking print money, even though the fed just prints unlimited money and they don't need to tax us anyway, they, they still go out and print trillions like they've done uh, in the last 10 years and even more during Corona. Oh, it's brutal, man. I'm scared for the, I'm scared for some countries after Corona, like people here collecting their $2,000 Canadian checks. And it's like, we're going into debt faster and faster here. It's scary, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, that money is just, it's just printed. It's just created out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not, not even to mention the, uh, the banks who, uh, who give out loans and create money out of thin air. They're just pressing buttons and they're loaning money that doesn't exist. Uh, yep. They're basically creating debt, which is money, and then profiting on, off the interest, which there's that, that money doesn't even exist. This whole uh, fractional reserve banking system. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> it is. Um, I've, <laughs> I've been fired up about it recently because there's this one new YouTube video uh, about it by one of my favorite YouTubers. <clears throat> Cold Fusion TV, look it up. It's called How Is Money Created? Came out a couple weeks ago. Um, very important thing to understand uh, as, as a citizen, uh, how money is created. Um, you know, it ties in with, with taxes and all that, but that's super dope, man. You figure that out and you know, you're, you're let's say you're, if you let's say you profit, you know, 200 K a year, if you were still living in Canada, you would have to pay. Do you know what the tax rate would be? If you were have to pay depends that depends on which province you live in and uh, the way you have your company set up, but it's probably like we got higher taxes than you guys in America. It's like, I think it can get up to like 43% in the province that I live. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So that means instead of taking home 200 K, you would only be taking home like 120k. Yeah. Oh my god. I yeah. mean, you know, like if we're going to talk about Amazon optimization, like getting your package smaller than 75 inches to like make an extra dollar, all right, that's going to make you an extra, you know, a few percent per year, whatever, but if we want to talk about the big chunks, you want to, oh, yeah. you want to increase your whole business's margin by 40%. That's what you just did. Essentially. It might, yeah. it, it might as well be a product optimization. Cause at the end of the day, it's what you're taking home. And exactly. that's, it's the same as optimizing your product's margins. And you think about it, right? Like I, even if I wasn't making it that much, like I'm still saving 40% or whatever it is. Like 
you know, someone that is paying tax, they're, they're having to have a more expensive product to make up for that. Right. Like I can undercut my competitors just because of my tax situation, you know, like I can afford to make less profit per sale because I'm not paying tax. So you think about the whole scheme of things, like you're giving yourself a competitive advantage if you, if you tax plan properly. I mean, obviously I learned all this stuff from people a lot smarter than me. Um, there's actually a very good YouTube channel, probably people know of it. Uh, what's it called? Nomad capitalist. Yep. Um, and so that's where, when I moved to my country of residence, there's a lot of people doing the same thing as me there because you know, you got an online business, might as well optimize it. So you're, you're making as much as possible, but uh, yeah, shout out to that channel. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's nice because I, I know that it is like you say, it's making a income boost. Whereas you could have been paying all that money to the government. Yeah. To the government that's going to go blow someone's head off uh, <laughs> by dropping a bomb and blow someone's fucking body apart. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. But that's a whole nother video. Um, yeah. Um, and Evan's there now. Evan's there now in uh, Tbilisi. Because uh, yep. he follows Nomad Capitalist. We, we've talked about it before. And, okay. Um, you know, not just him, but like it's it's also another Nomad hotspot for. I'm sure that's one of the one of the big reasons is because of the tax benefits. If you can get, it's your- really growing. Like they're trying to become like the Nomad country. Like their government's even involved in trying to like organize. Like when I went there, when I was there last year, they had events that they were putting on, and and they had like a whole website dedicated, and they're the people that are actually trying to like attract nomads because like, you know, Asia's cheap, man. Georgia's cheaper. Like what I heard. It's nice. I heard Georgia. Uh, yeah, never been. Um, I know the, the nomad summit was supposed to be there, but, uh, pushed back because of Corona, but I'm sure it will be rescheduled. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll make it through sometime. Um, I guess, um, yeah, man. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's the world is, you know, it's, it's an open world and you know, they're like free competition. Sure. We'll take all this flood of money and you know, flood of flood exactly. of all this business. So exactly. it makes sense. Um, yeah. Not to just have your money jacked to, to fucking fund wars and shit and, and yeah. useless, useless shit. Um, cool. Yeah. For someone wondering who's like never heard of uh Tbilisi or Georgia, like um, uh, what's your kind of, uh, summary of like uh, what it's what it's like there i don't have too much experience in europe in general but i would say it feels european um even though there's kind of debate whether or not whether or not it's asian european it's kind of yeah. right in between um yeah. but yeah i mean if you walk downtown it feels european um i love the country like obviously it's not the most wealthy country there's there's people on very low salaries there just like many countries out in the world but um, very safe, like safer than North America, supposedly by the statistics. Um, you know, great food, things are cheap. Obviously there's some annoyances, like the, the air quality there is not the best, like same like Bangkok, it's not the best, but you know, it's, <laughs> there's a lot more things going for it than there are negatives. Um, you know, fairly friendly people, obviously different language, not the you know, the younger population speaks pretty good English, but the older population speaks Russian because the old Soviet Union they're a part of. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's worth checking out. It, it's a lot of cool history there. Like 
five thousand year old caves and and castles and churches everywhere, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, nice, 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 nice. Uh, yeah, I actually didn't even realize until like in recent months that it's like it's not in Eastern Europe. It's like close. It's like next to Turkey. Yeah, it's right above Turkey. Yeah, interesting. And below Russia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, well, yeah, maybe see you there sometime or back in Bangkok. And um, I guess people listening, they can go check out your YouTube channel. You you have you have a bunch of FBA content. You haven't made a video in a while, but you said you might uh, might make some new ones. Yeah, I want to so, get back um, into it. Yeah. So yeah, feel free to look up uh, Graham on YouTube, guys. Just search and, my name. Uh, yeah, Graham Winship. Winning big, shipping out units. There you go. <laughs> Making those grams of gold. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, all right, guys. Um, peace. Good podcast. Um, share it with a friend if you listened uh, all this way. Don't forget to subscribe and all that good shit. And see you on the next episode. Peace. See you. Thanks for listening to the FBA Lifestyle Podcast. Don't forget to follow on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and Instagram. Ready to fast track your first or next FBA product? Ready to create a real product that leaves the competition in the dust? Then check out the 90-Day FBA Challenge, a 12-week accelerator program with weekly coaching calls where we help you go from zero idea what to sell to a product live on Amazon within 90 days and download the free Amazon Secrets eBook. FBA Lifestyle, the Amazon experts. Start your FBA business. Achieve the freedom lifestyle.